Section 17 of Claimants to Royalty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Claimants to Royalty by John H. Ingram. The False Mustafa of Turkey. Bayezid I, surnamed Yildirim, or the Lightning, from his impetuosity, after a long uninterrupted career of victory during which he had held all europe at bay in a single battle in fourteen o two succumbed to the irresistible power of timur the great losing everything but life amongst those who fell in the almost unprecedented carnage of this terrible field was it is supposed mustapha the turkish sultan's eldest son and heir in 1403 Bayezid died, or according to another authority, brained himself against the iron bars of the cage in which his conqueror is stated to have retained him. The remaining sons of the deceased monarch contrived to elude the vigilance of Tamerlane, and at once commenced fighting amongst themselves. For eleven years they kept the tottering empire in a chronic state of intestine warfare, but finally mohammed the youngest obtained the reins of power and speedily reinstated the nation in its former glory in fourteen twenty two after a short but successful reign mohammed i died and was succeeded by his son murad the second who had just attained his eighteenth year up to fourteen twenty one no one would appear to have entertained any doubt of the death of prince mustapha at the famous battle of angara when suddenly he or a claimant to his name appeared and demanded the sovereignty of the empire by virtue of being bayezid's eldest son who this man was still remains doubtful with the single exception of nectary who is however a creditable authority all the Turkish historians declare this Swadesan Mustafa to have been an impostor, whilst Christian writers favouring the Greek cause persistently assert him to have been the veritable prince himself. Be the pretender who he may, no sooner did he emerge from the obscurity than he obtained allies and adherents only too willing to share in the promised plunder of an empire. Joined by the prince of Wallachia, and by Junaid, governor of Nicopolis, whom the too generous Sultan Mohammed had already twice pardoned for rebellion, the claimant invaded Thessaly. Defeated and put to flight in the neighbourhood of Salonica, he took refuge in that city, putting himself under the protection of the Greek commandant, who justified his confidence by refusing to give him up to the vengeance of his conquerors the emperor emmanuel highly approved of the commandant's conduct and to the request of his powerful neighbour the sultan that he should surrender the fugitive responded that no monarch could act so shamelessly as to deliver up a prince who sought an asylum at the foot of his throne he promised however that during the lifetime of mohammed the soi-disant mustapha should not be permitted to leave the greek court the sultan contented himself with this promise of the emperor and agreed to pay a pension of three hundred thousand esters a turkish coin value half a crown to the pretender thus it has been pointed out 
tacitly recognizing him as one of the royal blood the governor juniet and thirty of his companions were included in the treaty of pardon but mohammed invaded and ravaged the dominions of the prince of Valahia in revenge for the aid he had afforded the rebels the following year mohammed i was struck with apoplexy and died suddenly leaving his empire as before stated to his son murad the second the new ruler immediately advised the neighbouring princes of his accession to the turkish throne entering into alliances and making truces or treaties of peace with such as had been hostile to the ottoman power all but the greek emperor appeared to be friendly disposed and he doubtless thinking to take advantage of the new monarch's youth instantly summoned murad to place his brother in his hands as hostages for the performance of some clause in his father's testament emmanuel moreover threatened the youthful sultan that unless he complied with the demand he would release mustapha his uncle the legitimate heir to the turkish throne and assist him by force of arms to recover his usurped rights murid's clever minister refused the demand with indignation asserting that the law of the prophet did not permit the children of true believers to be brought up amongst gavur infidels literally dogs the greek emperor true to his menace and all unmindful of the dangerous vicinity of the ottoman dominions to his own set the pretender free and gave him every requisite for the commencement of his dangerous adventure upon condition that he made over gallipoli and several other towns to the greeks thus befriended the royal claimant accompanied by ten galleys containing his followers and adherents proceeded to gallipoli where he no sooner disembarked than the town and suburbs acknowledged his pretensions only the garrison of the fortress holding out leaving a small besieging force before the town he made rapid marches towards the isthmus of athos his army increasing rapidly as he proceeded and several places falling into his hands the sultan sent his vizier to adrianople where he collected an army of thirty thousand men with which to oppose the invaders several great vassals of the empire having now declared for mustapha he was quite prepared to face the imperial army and as soon as it came in view he advanced courageously towards it and commanded the troops to lay down their arms as if by magic says one historian the soldiers obeyed and the pretender suddenly found himself master of the situation without having to lose a single man the unfortunate vizier and his brother were captured the former was put to death the latter released on the receipt of this intelligence the fortress of gallipoli capitulated and demetrius the commander of the greek forces was about to garrison it with his soldiers when mustapha interposed and unmindful of his treaty with emmanuel said he was not making war for the emperor's profit the greeks thus beholding all their hopes of aggrandizement dissipated thought to renew their alliance with the sultan but their monarch obstinately persisting in his demand for murad's brother being placed in his hands as hostages the negotiations fell through 
as soon as the ottoman sovereign learned the defection of his army he energetically set to work to collect another and to obtain the aid of surrounding nations encouraged by the promise of victory given him by the saintly emir of bukhara he proceeded with his hastily improvised forces to meet the rebels ultimately taking up a strong position behind the river ulubad mustapha on his side was advancing quickly to give battle when he was suddenly seized with a violent bleeding at the nose which weakened him so much that for three days he was compelled to suspend the attack the delay was fatal to him taking advantage of the respite emissaries of murad penetrated into the hostile ranks and persuaded large numbers of soldiers and officers to return to their former master whilst the arabs who remained faithful to mustapha having attempted to surprise the imperial troops were cut into pieces by the janissaries Jinayid, the thrice dyed traitor seeing how matters were going still further injured the pretender's cause by passing over to the enemy with all his followers believing themselves abandoned by their chiefs the soldiers fled in all directions in disorder leaving their unfortunate leader in the company of a few servants he took refuge in gallipoli but seeing the fleet of his fortunate rival approaching to besiege the place he resumed his flight and took shelter in Wallachia. betrayed however by some of his personal attendants he was seized taken to adrianople and put to death having been hanged according to some accounts from the battlement of the city walls when the defeat and death of mustapha was communicated to the greek emperor he began to fear for himself he dispatched ambassadors to the sultan to make protestations of his friendship and to leave no stone unturned to avert his wrath his efforts were useless at the head of twenty thousand men murad aided by a genoese fleet crossed over to europe and advancing to the walls of constantinople besieged emmanuel in his capital encouraged by the presence and prophecies of the emir of bokhara the mussulmans were impatient for the assault of the world-famed city after long meditations the holy man solemnly proclaimed that at one hour after midday of the twenty-fourth of august fourteen twenty-two he should mount his steed and thrice waving his sitimar and thrice giving the war-cry of allah and his prophet the mohammedans were to advance and the city would be theirs accordingly on the day and the hour promised the emir mounted on a magnificent charger and escorted by five hundred dervishes advancing towards the beleaguered city gave the anticipated signal his words were caught up and thrice repeated by the whole invading army uttering defiant war-cries the greek soldiery advanced and in a short time both armies were hotly engaged and now was beheld one of the most wonderful phenomena recorded in the annals of nations but which is unfortunately so differently stated by the christian and mohammedan chroniclers that it is difficult to reconcile the two versions the best will be doubtless to believe neither the sun was sinking below the horizon without victory having declared for either side 
when suddenly say the favourers of the greek version in the midst of the golden rays of the setting luminary was beheld a virgin clothed in a violet robe and blinding the eyes of the besiegers with the supernatural glare which surrounded her panic-stricken the mohammedans fled and constantinople was saved saved the christian asserted by the virgin mary herself as might be expected the story told by the mussulmans was very different the miracle if they are to be believed having been performed on their behalf and their withdrawal from before the city having been caused by a totally different occurrence their retreat indeed was the result of the emperor emmanuel's policy seeing all his plans frustrated by the pretender's death he hit upon the idea of resuscitating him having obtained a man to suit his purpose another mustapha was started fresh revolts excited and murad compelled to raise the siege of the imperial city in order to make use of his army to put down the new aspirant to his throne the second swadiso mustapha did not enjoy his borrowed plumes for long some towns it is true succumbed to him and others bought his forbearance but no sooner had he got within the reach of the hostile army than elias a man who had urged him to undertake the imposture seduced by the sultan's gold betrayed him to murad and he was executed on the field of battle end of the false mustapha of turkey